Men of God, it is time. We are finally here at the Protect and Serve Men's Conference. It is a great honor and privilege to be in the virtual presence of God-fearing men and young men. You may be wondering why is it called Protect and Serve, protecting our minds, and serving others. Well, here are three reasons. Number one, our guest speaker was a part of the law enforcement field for many years. Number two, protecting our minds is very key. I find it very interesting that football players, baseball players, boxers, firefighters, soldiers, and police guard their heads daily. Why? Because damage to the head also affects the mind. If my mind and my head aren't in sync, you can't operate fully for God. So what do you put in your mind? through your eyes, what are you looking at? In your ears, what do you listen to on a daily basis? And then this, what comes out of your mouth? All of the things that you put in from what you see, from what you hear, starts to slowly and surely come out of your mouth. Start protecting your minds. Lastly, number three, we are called to love everyone and serve the fellow man. If our minds are focused on Christ daily, then we can serve one another. I thank you once again for all coming. Here are a few ground rules. Please keep your mics muted unless you are one of the participants. Um, we do have a co-host that we'd be muting everyone, but if you so happen to find that your mic is unmuted, please respect everyone that is presenting. Um, once again, when the guest speaker speaks later on, we will give out his information um, in the chat. Lastly, as you come on, brothers, I have placed in the chat the meeting ID and uh, also the passcode. So just in case you need to get after anyone else who may need it. And um, lastly, have an open mind, be ready to sing, be ready to praise our wonderful and great God. And please, please put your congregation name and the city in the chat. So without further ado, we will now have an opening prayer by Brother Courtney Proctor. Brothers, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we humble ourselves before you. Thank you again for such a beautiful day that you've allowed us to see. And thank you for the gentlemen and all those that are in attendance, Father, that you uh, allow us to um, have an open heart, open mind, to receive God's word, to be able to do the things that we need to do as, as Christian men, to lead by example and protect um, our brother, brothers and sisters um, in Christ. We ask as we go throughout this, this program today, Father, that everything that we do, we will find in order and decent, and that, Father, that we will contribute 
not just to this time, this, this conference, but we will continue to contribute to everything that we do in our lives on a day-to-day basis. We ask all these things in the Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, my brother. Amen. Thank you so very much. So for the great singing in which we will be having today, that will all be led by our brother Larry Holloman, and he would give us our first selection, Hard Fighting Soldier. Uh, your brother's going to help me, right? I'm a hard fighting soldier on the battlefield. I'm a hard fighting soldier on the battlefield. I'm a hard fighting soldier on the battlefield. Keep on bringing souls to Jesus by the service that I give. I'm a I've got my helmet on my head and in my hand a sword and shield. I've got my helmet on my head and in my hand a sword and shield. I've got a helmet on my head and in my hand a sword and shield. Keep on bringing souls to Jesus by the service that I give. You gotta walk right and talk right and sing right, pray right on the battlefield. You gotta walk right and talk right and sing right and pray right on the battlefield. You gotta walk right and talk right and sing right and pray right on the battlefield. Keep on bringing souls to Jesus by service that I give. I'm just a hard-fighting soldier on the battlefield. I'm just a hard-fighting soldier on the battlefield. I'm just a hard-fighting soldier on the battlefield. Keep on bringing souls to Jesus by the service that I give. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. And as we always remember, we are truly hard fighting soldiers on this battlefield every single day of our lives. Next, we will have the scripture reading from Brother Craig Smith. Morning, brothers. The scripture reading this morning is coming from, we have two scriptures, one from Proverbs, the fourth chapter on the 23rd verse. And the second is from Philippians, the second chapter, verses three and four. And Proverbs 4 and 23, our dear brother Solomon writes, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Amen. And Philippians and our brother Paul, it's the second chapter, verses three and four. And the Bible reads, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. But in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Verse number four, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Amen for the reading of the scripture. Amen, amen again. Thank you, my brother, for that. We always need to be able to serve one another, not be ashamed of the God we serve. 
and be able to do yeah. all that we can to serve him in every way, in our thoughts, in our minds, and our deeds. Next, we will have Brother Larry singing Humble Yourself. Also, don't forget to please mute your phones if you are not muted at this time. And hey, Brother John, when we sing with him, we need to be muted too because it'll have an echo. Yes, yes, sir. Okay, we are we ready? Yes, sir. All yours, brother Larry. I'm of yourselves in the sight of the Lord. Uh, I'm of yourselves in the sight of the Lord. And he will lift you up. And he will lift you up. Uh, Jesus is the Son of God. And Jesus is the Son of God, and He He died for us, and He He died for us. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound! Amazing grace, how sweet the sound! That saved a wretch like me. That saved a wretch like me. When we've been there 10,000 years. When we've been there 10,000 years. Bright shining as the sun, a bright shining at the sun. So I'm a yourself inside of law. I'm a yourself inside of law. And he will live you up. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. Thank you for that wonderful song. We always have to remember we have to be humble in order for God to use us in every single aspect of our lives. Now we will have the introduction of the speaker by Brother John McBride, Jr. Good morning, brothers. It gives me great pleasure for me to introduce our speaker today, Brother Dwayne Calhoun, who's going to talk to us about protecting mine and serving others. He has been serving others for over 40 years in the body of Christ and in the secular world as well. This is a subject in which we all should be deeply interested in because when we, we are serving, we're servants of God. Some of his many accomplishments are added to the body of Christ in 1974, a deacon at Hillcrest Church of Christ in Decatur, Georgia. He had his BA degree from Winston-Salem State University in North Carolina, his MS degree from Troy University in Alabama. His law enforcement career from 1986 to 2015, he has held the, the ranking office of detective, sergeant, lieutenant, and major in DeKalb County. 
and he even have a little acting career as well. Brothers, with no further ado, I give to you our brother in Christ, Brother Dwayne Calhoun. Let's give him a virtual hand clap of encouragement. Amen. Now, now we know our brother's so ready and so excited to be able to do his presentation, but before we let Brother Calhoun, before we let him get loose, we're going to do a song, Yield Not to Temptation. Then after that, we will have Brother Dwayne Calhoun. Okay. Yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. A each victory will help you, our solace to win. A fine man fully onward, dark passions subdue. Look ever to Jesus, and he will carry you through. Now ask the Savior to help, to come for strength and keep. And he is willing to aid you, and he will carry you through. John, uh, ask, excuse me, brothers, John, ask the Savior to help you. Comfort and strength you, and he is willing to aid you. Jesus carry you through. Shun evil compassions, bad language disdain. God's name, holy reverence, don't take it in vain. Uh, be thoughtful and honest. Kind hearted and true, I look ever to Jesus, and He will carry you through. Uh, ask the Savior to help you to comfort, strength, and keep you. He is willing to aid you, and He will carry you through. Sorry, I got a little bit off on that one. It's all right, my brother. It's all right. Now we will hear from my yes, guest speaker, Brother Dwayne Cahoon. Good morning, my brothers. Um, first of all, I'd like to thank God and uh, I'd like to uh, thank you all for being on this uh, first men's conference. And uh, I'd like to thank uh, the leaderships out there, the uh, elders, preachers, deacons, members, uh, for joining Brother John McBride III on his efforts to try to uh, motivate and help our men out here uh, in the right direction in life. Uh, I always say uh, a little bit of something is better than a whole lot of nothing. So, his efforts are should be applauded, and I like to applaud you, my brother, uh, for taking the time to to do this and uh, talk about protecting our mind. And so, uh, brother McBride came to me and said, "Brother Calhoun, uh, would you uh, say a few things?" And uh, I kind of asked him, you know, what did you want me to talk about? And he said, uh, "Talk about protect and serve." And I said. Well, what side of protect and serve? Because there's, 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 you know, there's this side. And he, he, he said, I want you to talk about 
how you got through uh, 30 years of service uh, without, you know, being involved uh, in any controversies, uh, being involved in, uh, on, uh, as I say, at uh, 2, 5, and 11, uh, the 6 o'clock news, the 5 o'clock news. So I'm just going to briefly share with you, brothers, and not take up too much of your time on the Saturday afternoon. Uh, as stated, uh, I did uh, retire after 30 years of service. Uh, I ended up my last five years as the director of the medical examiner's office. Uh, so uh, I also uh, was an adjunct professor at the uh, university for over nine years teaching the uh, criminal justice courses, uh, which relates to criminal law, administrative law, et cetera. So uh, just briefly, I'm going to start, you know, with a slide presentation that I have. And of course, I'm Dwayne Calhoun, uh, Hillcrest Church of Christ. Uh, my, uh, you know, my, my mom had said in me, uh, and I was raised in the Church of Christ uh, early on in my life. <laughs> But my favorite passage was, uh, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So all the things that I had dreams about, all the uh, accolades, you know, that I had had in my mind, I always knew to put Christ first in my life. And Mark 8, 6 says, for what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his soul? And so those two uh, verses really uh, have been in my life for over 30, 40, 50. Well, I'm age 60. I'm 60 years of age. So for a number of years, those have been my passages that, you know, your go-to passages. So, uh, you know, first, protecting our minds is what we see. and. Proverbs 4.23 says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Amen. Serving God in a chaotic society, Philippians 2.3.4, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. And my third point I wanted to make, always my brother seek the reward instead of the award. The award you get plaques, but the reward when you can help somebody and we can, you can give selfless acts and when you can do for others, they are way more important to get a plaque with your name on. And so as I you know, went through my career, I started in, uh, in 1986, I started. And uh, I have to tell you when I started out, in my interview, and I can remember it like it was yesterday. I walked in and the, the uh, people who were interviewing me, they said, well, what is your goal here at uh, you know, the law enforcement police department? And I said, well, I'd like to become the chief of police. And brothers, if you can look on their faces and they said, what did he just say? They didn't say it, but they looked at each other. And what did he just say? Did he just say that? And uh, because uh, the department at the time was 
80% white, 20% black. No blacks were in leadership positions, none, not one. And, and so it was my goal. I knew that, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, was going to have to do more than, 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 than somebody else, you know? So I, 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 that right there motivated me. And as you see from Booker T. Washington, a lie doesn't make truth wrong, doesn't become right, and evil doesn't become good just because it's accepted by the majority. That's powerful, my brothers. That is powerful. So you can't, you know, just let, like, they accept that you have no place in being in this place. You have no thought of being there. So, Amen, Amen brother. As I, as, as I went on through uh, my career, I would get angry a lot. And, and, and I would always, you know, my favorite other chapter of the, of the Bible is Romans chapter 12. And Romans chapter 12, my brothers, if you take, read chapter 12, I'm telling you, it, when it, the part, my best part, <laughs> my best part was when he said, I'll heap burning coals upon your enemy, as long as you do right and live and work in love. So in this slide, you know, if you read this, this is so profound. It says, there was a snake that crawled over a sharp saw and was cut. And in anger, the snake wrapped the saw with its thick body and proceeded to squeeze the life out of the saw. With each angry squeeze, it felt more pain, but continued because it wasn't going to let the saw get away with the pain that it caused. The snake, refusing to let go of the saw, eventually died, not knowing the whole time he needed to let go of the initial pain and focus on the future and where it's going. Instead, the snake unfortunately lost its life and didn't even see it coming. So that rounds up to say, you have to control your anger, forgive those that hurt you and don't give people things of power over you. And it can ultimately kill you. And I'll revert back to Romans chapter 12. It talks about loving your enemy and loving, loving those. So as I was coming through my career, I had a desire to move up. I wanted to be a detective. And uh, during that time, uh, there weren't too many in detective uh, investigation division. So I had kept applying. And I got angry because I knew that I had this degree from college. And I had worked my butt off in college. And I got a degree. And, and you know, I did some community services and, and et cetera. But every time I applied, <laughs> it was like, You'll get it next time. You'll get it next time. And so I said, you know, this is crazy. And so I started to get frustrated. So one day I said to myself, I asked God, you know, what should I do? So on this day, uh, on this day, I took a stroll down the hall to the chief's office. And as I'm going down the hall to the chief's office, there's a supervisor standing in the hall. And it's a black supervisor. He says, where are you going? I said, I'm going to talk to the chief about, you know, I'm putting in for these promotions. Get up and take the internet. Excuse me. Excuse me. Oh, I'm sorry about that. But I, I put in for these positions. And uh, I, I noticed that uh, I wasn't getting the position. And the black supervisor says to me, you need to just go back out on the street, just patrol, 
and just go home and rest. And, and I said, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Because I know with my, once you know what your knowledge, skills, and abilities are, you should not ever let nobody tell you that you're not qualified, that you're not capable, that you're incompetent. Those were not going to sit well with me. So I went in there and uh, I spoke to the chief. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I said to the chief, I said, uh, hey, you know, I'm putting in and, and I'm working hard. And, you know, I, I have my no one thing when you come to people, I always had your documentation. And I had documentation of accommodations of, of uh, wards of, of this. And he couldn't refute it. Because once you got it in black and white, they can't refute it. You can say whatever you want to say, but if it's right here, and I knew the guy was telling me to be calm, be calm. Because, you know, there, there's, and all of us, you can push you to a certain point where you just, you know, you just will, will lose it. So, you know, in Colossians 4 or 5, you have to walk in wisdom. And you have to learn to accept people as they are, but place them where they belong. And you are the CEO of your life. Hire and fire and promote accordingly. But on the other hand, my brothers, always remember, before you argue with someone, ask yourself, is this a person mentally mature enough to grasp the concept of a different perspective? If not, there's no point in arguing. So I knew that, you know, a lot of times that in, in my career, I was working with people that only got there because of nepotism, uh, because of uh, relationships, because of, uh, uh, you know, just, you know, things in life. But I stood faithful to Christ. I stood faithful to God. Um, and uh, I didn't share in the beginning, but in the beginning, uh, I traveled to Atlanta from Ohio in 1984, 85, when I graduated. And uh, uh, when I first got here, the first thing on my agenda was to find a church. And I started out at Simpson Street Church of Christ where Brother Harris was the minister at the time. But I always knew my foundation in Christ and in God and how to edify and don't let the devil win because in law enforcement, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, the devil is ever present. It's ever present, it's ever present. So I learned to, during my times and during my tenure, I learned to how to navigate people. I learned through uh, studying uh, those of you who are scholars and those of you, you learn to, to go and find a subject matter. And so I went and found the subject of kinesics. Kinesics helped me out so much and it helped me today. Kinesics is a study of body, it's a study of people and a study of how people. So when you understand that, when you're talking to some people that just never gonna get it about right from wrong and doing what's right and not doing what, uh, you know, going along to get along. And, and so in my career, I learned to navigate around people that there was no sense in me even trying to uh, explain to them, you know, what 
what, what I was trying to do. So as I went through my career, I went up and, uh, you know, and I learned that uh, no matter how long you have traveled in the wrong directions, you always had a choice to turn around. And you always had a choice to turn around. And Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declare the Lord. So I always know that God has you and God has your plan. So as I went through my career and they saw my work ethics and they saw how that uh, I was not going to be involved in negativity, it just took me a little longer than I anticipated and I expected. So I went from, uh, like I said, from a patrolman all the way to a director. And so over that time period, I had to learn how to always pray every day and always thank God every day. And always, if I can say this, everybody's not gonna like you. Everybody's not gonna believe in what you believe in. Everybody's not gonna do what you want them to do. And so, but I would always try to, you know, just let people know that uh, God is real. I would, uh, I would let them know that, uh, uh, you know, that, that I studied on moral, moral principles. And I have to share this story with you. Um, I had got promoted from a, a lieutenant to a major. And actually I skipped over the rank of captain. And uh, the person, the chief of police at that time had came to me and they interviewed, they interviewed over, uh, 50 people for uh, the major position. And uh, I came out on top. I was the number one person uh, to uh, place on that uh, exam for major. But the neighborhood they put me at here in Atlanta, they put me in a neighborhood uh, up in uh, Dunwoody. And that neighborhood is, I would say, 90% Caucasian. And I went up there in that neighborhood and with God in the presence of me and the people understanding that I was a righteous man, I gained the community's respect. I gained the community's trust. Uh, we were able to do a number of magnificent things up there in the community. And when you can get to a point in your life of eliminating the race of a person and you can look as uh, Martin Luther King said, the captain of the character of a person, then things flow a whole lot better. But when you get uh, built up in a lot of uh, uh, hate and a lot of uh, resentment, and uh, I call it the woes me syndrome. Well, why, you know, why didn't I get woes me? Why, why wasn't I given the opportunity? Well, you just can't, you know, harp on that you have to keep moving forward. And that's what I chose to do. I chose to continue to move forward. I chose them to let my work ethics, let my spirituality exhume for me, let, let people see who I was. And so the other part that I want to talk about my law enforcement career is also the downside that I had. Part of the problem, I would get distraught at my community, the black community, because I would get frustrated, like, 
when I went into the lower economic developments of our community and I would try to put programs in there, I would try to get them to uh, uh, exhume, get them to do other things and try to make the community better. And so uh, there was a community, we had a unit called Community Oriented Policing. And, and this unit is supposed to go in the neighborhoods and turn folks around. And my frustration was not only coming from the police department, but sometimes it would come from the community as well, just as hard. Because I would, I, I, I still, to this day, am sometimes just, you know, baffled on, on uh, some of the things I see in our community. But as I stated, if you understand recidivism and those, you know, we have to get that recidivism out of our, out of our neighborhoods, that way of thinking, because I, I truly believe that if we expose our children and our kids to different things uh, that they have in their mind that there's more than what they see, but we have to get out of the habit in our communities that I saw is that in, in, the, in the housing uh, authority section, I would get frustrated because I saw the grandmama live here, her daughter live here, her daughter live here. They all lived in that same housing project. And so I would go to them and the kids and say, and bring pictures and show them pictures of uh, Washington, D.C., show them pictures of, uh, of, uh, of uh, different areas because I, I, felt, I felt so passionate about it don't have to be like this. It don't have to be like this. So I would, you know, in my law enforcement career, not only in the department, but I knew I had to change the mindset of the community as well. And all those, and those who service the community, and I'll go back to the law enforcement fire, they had the inclination is this is what we like. This is what they love that. They love killing each other. They love beating each other. They love drinking. They love getting high. They don't want to do nothing else. So trying to battle the interior and the exterior for me became extremely, extremely difficult. But I will say this, to God be the glory. We had several kids that I kept up with and several kids that came out of those communities and went on to college and went on to have successful careers. And uh, sorry about that, uh, went on to have successful careers. And so uh, there is hope uh, in our communities. And you know some of the things that I've spoken to other brothers about this is that we have to change our conversation when it relates to uh, our community. We have to change our conversation from, you know, just accepting it as being normal. We have to turn away from the devil. We have to turn from the wicked ways. And, uh, you know, the we have to speak in love and we have to speak in, uh, you know, just changing, you know, the George Floyd case it resonates with everybody on this on this uh, podcast, this Zoom. The the hurt, the pain, the humiliation, the everything that went on. But you know, we have to 
you know, understand that racism is, is a singing. And so you have to examine your own heart. You have to examine your own self and you have to take away the resentment of anybody and any individual to get you to a point where, okay, yes, discriminatory-based practices, this article was printed in April 27, 2022. If I, if I poll everybody on the Zoom call, is this something new to you? And then the last one of you would say, no. No, this, this is not new. I mean, this is, this is, I mean, so we have to, the police departments and law enforcement has to engage in getting uh, rid of the bad apples, getting rid of the uh, uh, bad people and getting rid of those that don't really care about the community, but only care about hurting the community. People get in positions to hurt people and not to help people. And if you don't have the love of God and the foundations of Christ in you, then you'll continue this because you want to go along, get along. So if I can be heavy-handed or I can abuse somebody, you know, that's what I do. And that's all, that's what I take on. But on the other hand, our communities, we gotta stop letting them come into our communities and letting us destroy us and letting us break us down or putting ourselves in position. I talk about putting yourselves in position. Don't put yourself in that position to have to deal with them in, in, in such a manner. And so right now, and I, I uh, you know, are just trying to continue my efforts to help in any way I can to change the culture. You've heard this, change the culture change the narrative, change how we say things. And the police departments in this country are going through a very, very, very troubling, trying time in law enforcement. First of all, don't nobody want to be in law enforcement. First of all, it's, 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 it's gotten so bad, you know, in law enforcement right now that this is where we are now. New Jersey police can now purchase and smoke marijuana, but only when they're off too. Is that not hilarious? I mean, think about it, my brother. Think about it. You can get high off of work and have THC in your body and come to work next day. It's just, it's just baffling to me. It's just, but this is what has happened to this profession that the, nobody's going into the profession because right now, you know, this thing about, first of all, law enforcement feel like if they do apply the law, they're going to have to be judged by 12. They're going to have to go to court. They're going to have to, might get sued. They might lose everything they got, you know, this, that, and that. But on the other hand, officer, if you do right by that person, you don't have to worry about it. And so I say that you, when you do right by people and you do what God has ordained you to do and to spirituality, you don't have to worry about this. And the thing that's going on in this country is that, you know, we can't seem to get qualified people. So they've lowered the standards. So it's, it's like we have to fix it. Am I at the table? I mean, I do I have a seat at the table to speak about this? I would love to, 
but I don't have a seat at the table about how we can fix this. First, we, you know, I just think that uh, uh, this separation where uh, in this country, uh, we have police departments. If you go in the rural areas, all the major other police departments are all Caucasian, most of them. Uh, we just had an incident last week where a school bus at HBCU lacrosse students were stopped in the county in Georgia and, and checking for marijuana, but they said it was, you know, they said it was racism and the Walsh's went on the bus. But did y'all know that the chief of police is black? And the chief of police said he didn't see nothing wrong. I mean, it's just astounding to me that, and I just look at him, the chief, as I'm not going to, because he, he won't stand up on truth. He won't stand up on love. He won't stand up on principles. He won't stand up on what he know is right. And so uh, I'm not going to take up too, more, too much more of your time, brothers. And I'll finish with this uh, and tell you that I love you all. And, and, and I know that Christ lives through us all. And we, this step that uh, Brother uh, McBride III has taken in bringing us together from across the country, I applaud him for this. And if I had said something to help one on this Zoom cast, I've done my job. And it says that heaven rejoices in one that, that confesses than, than 3,000 who who deny or who believe that Christ is not valid. So in conclusion, Micah 6, 8, he has told you, O oh man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. And amen. And that's my conclusion. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Thank Amen. You. Thank you, my brother. Amen. Amen. Brother Calhoun. Amen, brother. As Amen. we discussed. Amen. Um, Amen. Brother Calhoun, do you mind if we go ahead and give everyone your email information as well as your cell phone information? So that if they have any um oh that's that's fine. If you if you have any any further questions, uh uh you know, uh like I said, uh I could talk for hours uh about you know the information, but uh uh, that's just a snippet of my career in law enforcement. Uh, you know, like I said, I was the uh, medical examiner's uh, director. And uh, let me let me say this. Uh, let me say one more thing. You know, when I was in the medical examiner's office, you know, I dealt with the cause and manner of death. I didn't even get into that part. But when I would see these young black men coming there on that cold gurney slab, and I see. I see them laying there with bullet holes in them, and I would cry out, my God, my God. And then they would uh, be from 18 to 23, seemed to be the age. Uh, it's hurtful. It was hurtful. It, it brought tears in my eyes. And But one thing that I saw that most of them had this tattoo on them that said, only God could judge me. And I would think to myself, because I you know, put my hand and palm of my hands, and I say, you judge yourself, my brother. God didn't have nothing to do with that. You did that. So we got to continue uh, to fight for our youth, our young black brothers. Uh, those in the metro Atlanta area know you can turn on 2, 5, and 11, and it's just a barrage, barrage 
Uh, they just got a rapper, young Googie, young Juicy, uh, some rapper here, just 24 of them just had this KJG gang here and committing heinous crimes here. And it's just, it's just, it's just, I'll stop because I get emotional. So thank you. Thank you, my brother. Thank you once again. And uh, for everyone, I have put his contact information in the chat. So just in case you have any questions or concerns for Brother Calhoun, you can reach out to him and he will be more than welcome to get with you and talk about those things. As Brother Calhoun uh, gives the ownership back to Brother Terry, we will now have another selection from Brother Larry singing, I Love My Savior Too. Uh, okay, we'll sing two verses. Jesus, my heavenly King, loves me, I know. Praises to him I sing, onward I go. Closely to him I cling, blessings still flow. Uh, I love my Savior too. Uh, I love my Savior, uh, he loves me too. Uh, he, I seek his favor uh, in everything I do. Uh, happy to serve my friend, lean on his arm. A rapture will never, nothing alone. Uh, voices will sweetly blend under his charm. Uh, I love my Savior. Too. I love my Savior. Uh, he loves me too. Uh, I seek his favor uh, in it. Everything he do. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Now, at this time, we will have a call of action for the brothers on this call, and also a call of action that we too can give out to each and every one of the men who are not present at this time. I now give you Brother Terry Robinson. All right, thank you, Brother John. I uh, appreciate it. And let me just first and foremost apologize here. I'm uh, kind of multitasked here. I was trying to run the slides. And and uh, I tell you, then cometh the devil, right, here. And so uh, I, my internet went off. And my youngest son, he uh, is an IT-type guy. So I'm actually having to call him down. I'm just kind of yanking him up by the shorts here and say, hey, Duke, I need to get you down here. So, uh, but look, at, you know, as, as I get frustrated or I got frustrated about, the, uh, about my internet, I, I, we just have to really thank Brother Calhoun for his frustrations about what he underwent over the past 30 years in his business. Um, and, you know, he talked about the job. He talked about the culture of, of community, of job, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, if you're not getting angry, if you're not getting mad about what's going on in our society, something is wrong with us, brothers. Something is wrong with us. We should, we should have a zero tolerance policy when it comes to what's going on in our society. Uh, and, and I'm not going to be here too much longer with you here. I just want to kind of do a little bit of a wrap up here. Uh, he talked about, like I said, he talked about their frustrations with the job and the police. And he talked about integrity. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a retired Air Force guy as well. 
And, uh, you know, that's one of the things that we hold high. Now, whether they, whether it's just talk or if it's, uh, or if it's just action, I'm, I'm, I'm the action piece. You're the action piece. We have to be upset about what's going on in our society. Frustrations with the police department, what you talked about. You've got the same thing. I've got the same thing. Brothers, it's time for us to do something about it. And I'm going to get to that solution as to how we can get, uh, get, get to that uh, bottom line here. Um, he also, again, talked about the community, about the tolerance factor that's going on in, in, the, in the community. It, we should get to a point where we, are, we should be talking about intolerance, intolerance about, about, the, 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 about the demise of, of, of our culture right now. Uh, I'm going to uh, add just a little bit more flavor to this. Um, uh, those who have been with us on the, at the Hillcrest Congregation here in, in, uh, in Georgia here, uh, I've been uh, running uh, our men's uh, ministry under, uh, and I've been uh, referencing uh, Dr. Tony Evans, uh, Kingdom Men. I'm going to show it up here. And I know brother, uh, brother Calhoun, Deacon Calhoun, he's a big fan of this book, as many of, of the rest of you guys are. And I've got a couple of ex excerpts here, a few excerpts that I want to, to, to read to, em to embellish the, the, the frustration that he is, uh, has uh, iterated this morning and I've iterated, even with just the little things here, the IT and some other little things here. Um, one of the, uh, this is coming from page 20, um, Tony Evans here. And he says, unless we rise up as kingdom men and assist other men to rise up as well, the culture will continue to devolve in the disaster it is quickly becoming. Again, these are the things that Brother Calhoun has already talked about. Uh, he continues to say, Dr. Evans here continues to say, the catastrophe of manhood has reached ever, excuse me, reached every segment of our society. I don't need to list a plethora of statistics or stories to convince you of that. Again, I, we just talked about that. You seeing them, we did at different locations, different jobs, different environments. You're seeing them, I am seeing them. He continues to say here, I, do, I don't need to, uh, I'm sorry, anyone with their eyes open can easily recognize the precarious ledge upon which our society, what now stands, okay? This is a truth, guys, and, and it's, it's not going anywhere, uh, shall I say, it's not going away anytime soon unless a couple of things happen. Uh, we've got to take note. We've got to be upset. We've got to be frustrated about what's going on, and we've got to take action about what's going on, and I think this is the whole idea here, and again, we thank Brother Jun for, for moving this, uh, for kind of leading this from the front here. Uh, let me just go ahead and just kind of uh, highlight a couple other little things here. He says, if we intend to reserve the trends and stem the tide, it would take a group effort. What did I say, brothers? It would take a what? Group effort. Okay. This is not, yes, I, I've got my own little, little minute part in this. Uh, I am a school teacher and I see the same thing happen in our young, young minds. And because I haven't, I haven't been, I haven't complained more about uh, our school system in the past seven years that I've been uh, teaching. Uh, not, not, uh, that I have this year, okay? I, I've, I've had a fun, I'm having a great great time giving back. I learned a little thing, a few things, and I'm giving back, but I'm telling you what, the challenges are starting to loom in our in our kids these days, okay? And I'm gonna continue to, uh, uh, to read, uh, uh, it says, as kingdom men, we must grab hold of those who need to be shown a better way rather than write them off. As Paul told Timothy and many others, under his influence they were to follow his example as he followed christ okay that's coming from first corinthians chapter 11 verse 1 and philippians chapter 3 verse 17 if you would allow me to, to, to continue on here it says keep in mind that 
to have an example to follow means, excuse me, I'm almost trying it over. Getting too excited here, brothers. All right. Keep in mind that to have an example to follow means you have, you, you must have someone setting one. Okay. Hope you got that, guys. Keep in mind to have an example to follow means you must have someone setting one. This requires living in a spiritually mature manner and guiding others to in how to do likewise. It takes both ongoing personal discipline and intentional investment in others. Brother Calhoun and underscored that perfectly. You know, his 30 years was just not about him, okay? His 30 years were about that investment in in, 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 in job, in community. He was there to help and mentor and shape and mold those, those uh, police that, that he didn't find that held the level of integrity as he, held, as he holds it, okay? I'm gonna mention one other thing that he also hit on here and then I'm gonna go ahead and hand it back uh, to brother John and I'll get back to my secondary duties here. Um, brother, uh, or Mr. Evans here, uh, Dr. Evans, uh, page 146, uh, he says, no one is excused for placing culture above Christ or race, talking about race, okay? Uh, above righteousness. Okay, I'm gonna start that all over. He says, no one is excused for placing culture above Christ or race above righteousness. God's standard reigns supreme and culture preferences are to be denounced publicly when a Christian fails to submit to God's standard. Scripture, okay, I'm coming from uh, Elder uh, McBride's lane now. It says, scripture and only scripture is the final authority by which racial relationships are determined. Brothers, that's my, that's my uh, hopefully three or five minutes here. I hope it uh, took us just a little bit further. But anyway, I'm going to yield back to brother, uh, brother John there. Brother, I appreciate that. And it's a good segue. We are all kingdom men. You took time out of your busy schedule on a Saturday morning could have been watching sports center could have been watching news could have been cutting the grass you could have been doing honeydew lists most of us have to do that we could have been doing all those things but yet we made it an effort to put god first and i thank the hillcrest family <clears throat> for each and every morning for having a, a men's prayer call that prayer call means a lot. When y'all first started doing it, I said to myself, why in the world are they meeting at six something in the morning, which is five something, my time. But like we sung earlier, humble thyself. I had to humble myself and realize that John, it ain't about you. You get on that call, you see what they doing. And sure enough, when I got on, I got hooked. It felt good being with my brothers who I can't see since I'm not there in Georgia anymore. Being on the call that knowing that someone loves me, someone cares for me, someone is praying for me constantly. I love, I love Brother Royal, who um, may or may not be on, but takes the time to pray for each and every single one that's on a prayer list. Each and every one that is dealing with ups and downs, trials and tribulations. So brothers, know when you are asleep, know when you are working, know when you are having hard times in life, you have brothers that are on a prayer call that's praying for your safety 
every single day, praying for your mindset, praying for your body, praying for your aches, praying for your pains, because we deal with so much in our lives being men. We have men out here nowadays who don't want to be men. They want to be women. What kind of mess is that? God made you how he created you to be. Be proud. Be happy to be a man. Granted, you have a lot of responsibility, but that comes with the territory. God never makes mistakes. And I love you all for being on this conference call. Anytime you feel a need to do something for the kingdom, you kind of feel anxiety. You kind of feel at a point where you don't know what to do. If anybody is ever going to come, are people going to talk about me for trying to do this? Will anybody even care? Will anybody want to even listen to that speaker? Will anyone care to do song leading? Will anyone want to be here on a Saturday? Don't let the devil take away your purpose. And I find that to be true so much in life. We have to take time, let God do his thing. We have to give everything to God. Give him my mind, give him my body, give him my soul in order for us to be kingdom men. I pray constantly for the households that are represented here on this conference call. As I close and get into our closing prayer, you all mean so much to me. You all have helped me grow into be a man. Some of you all know me. Some of you all do not know me fully yet. But I have been raised in a God-fearing household by my dad, John McBride Jr., who is on this call, and by my mother, Spring McBride, who have raised me to pray, pray, pray. I pray every single day before you leave the house. That's, that's a constant. You don't leave your house without praying. A family that prays together stays together. You have to be mentally prepared when you leave your house. As Brother Calhoun said, you don't know what may happen when you leave your house. You, you may not come back. So you make sure your house is in order. You make sure you and your wife are straight. Make sure you and your kids are straight. Granted, I don't have kids, but you all do. You all know what it means to have a good household. Make sure God is first in that household. With him first, that sets an example. Then your wife can submit to you because she sees that you are submitted to God. Lastly, your kids can see that if my mom and dad put God first, he would do this for me, he would do that for me, and I could do many things for the kingdom and not be ashamed of serving him. Brother Torian, the minister there at Hillcrest has been doing a series called Mask Off, not being ashamed of the God we serve. And I thank you, brothers, for being on here because it shows me that you all are not ashamed of the God that we serve. Now, please join me as we close with a word of prayer. Brother McBride. Yes, sir. Brother McGrady. Hey, brother. Hey, before you close it out, I just have to say thank you to you and your dad, and particularly for today's presentation by Brother Calhoun. Uh, Brother Calhoun and I really uh, rubbed elbows back years ago. He didn't put, he didn't mention this because he probably forgot it. We had a program called the School Detective Program. That's why I first met 
uh, Brother Mike, when they introduced policemen in the schools, you know, we grew up in a kind of period in which we didn't have policemen in school. We didn't need policemen in school. Them teachers were the policemen. They beat your butt and did everything that needed to be done in order to deal with you. But while society has grown beyond that to the point where, you know, kids were bringing guns into schools, we had all these gangs and all uh, the fighting that existed. And so this program called the School Detective Program was introduced into the school system. And Brother Calhoun was one of the first school detectives that we had. And that was my first time meeting him and being involved with him. And of course, as I, at that time, I was an assistant principal. And, uh, you know, our, our careers kind of, you know, went in different directions. But I just want to say thank you to him. And thank you for you for your words of encouragement. Yes, sir. Thank you, Brother McGrady. And thank you for all that you have done and all, all of you all who are on this Amen. call. Yo, all. John. Go ahead. Hey, John. It's John Skipport. Yes, sir. I just wanted to reach out to your dad. Uh, Mr. McGuire, I just want to tell you how much we in, we're thrilled to have your, your family as part of our family at uh, MacArthur Park Church. Uh, we want to thank you for your, your son is great, and we thank you for the asset that he is. And I know that comes from you, so, uh, from, from one church brother to another one. I just want to thank you for that. All right, Brother John. Thank you, man. Thank you for taking care of my son down there in Texas. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. Brothers, we have over 100-some years of serving God right here on this conference call. I don't think you all really look at it in that way. We have so much knowledge over the course of this whole conference call. As you look out across it, if you look, change the screen and look at the view of all the brothers, Brother Stewart, Brother Stan, Brother David Giddens, Brother McGrady, Brother Calhoun, Brother McBride, Brother Holliman, Brother Leeks, Brother Terry, Brother Tillman, Brother Craig, uh, Brother Neil, Brother McNeese, Brother John, Skipworth, Adrian, Reggie, Caesar, Robert Jackson was on here. All of us accept the fact that we are kingdom men and that we have a calling that we have to answer to. And that it's no joke being a man. It's no joke being a Christian. It's hard work. But when I know I have brothers that are watching my six, that's with me side by side, I can do anything, especially when we have God being at the forefront of all that we do. Let us go to our Heavenly Father in a word of prayer. Gracious, kind, blessed Father, we thank you for this wonderful day. We thank you for allowing us to be a part of this Protect and Serve Men's Conference. Lord willing, we hope, God, that we said some things, we sang some songs that you were thankful for. We hope and pray that what we did was a sweet-smelling aroma to you. We don't take it lightly that we are men. We don't take it lightly that we are kingdom men with purpose, with zeal, with the fighting spirit. We are hard-fighting soldiers for your kingdom. May we never get tired. May we never 
stop carrying the banner, the bloodstained banner of you, God. May we go into our households. May we go into our jobs. May we go into our schools being the true example of light for this dark world. We thank Brother Calhoun. We thank Brother Larry. We thank Brother Terry, Brother John, Brother Craig, Brother Courtney, everyone that was a part of this conference, giving them the right mindset, giving them a listening ear, giving them the tongue to speak about you and how good you are. We thank you. May the words in which we have heard on today, may it not go on deaf ears. May we make this message complete and go out and be active, not just be listeners, but also doers of your word. May we send this message out to many other brothers around the world, not just in our cities, but around the world so that we may unite and be one and never be ashamed of serving you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. As Brother John Carter used to say, even with a thousand tongues, we can never say thank you enough, but every day we try. We love you. We love you. We love you. We thank you, God. Be with us. Be with our hearts. Be with our bodies so that we may continue walking in purpose, walking by faith, be with our health, be with our families. May we always be a true example to others who may not know you. Help this world in which we live in. It's so much craziness, so much corruptness, everything that's going on. As we know, it's nothing new under the sun, but God, you have given us purpose. May we as kingdom men put you first in all that we do. And may we always put on the full armor of God each and every day. We thank you in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Brothers, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope y'all enjoyed everything. Um, right now, I'm going to uh, end the call and we're going to record everything that we recorded. I'm going to try to put it into a package so that we can give to the leaderships of the congregations that were involved so that we can send it out. So I hope and pray you all have a great, great Saturday and a great week. Um, brothers, if you would look in the chat real quick, if you need to get Brother Calhoun's information, it's in there. If not, you can contact me um, real quick. My number is 254-217-4289. And I can give you Brother Calhoun's information. So love you all. I thank you, and hopefully, Lord willing, we have another one next time. Thank you. Love you. Amen. Bye-bye. Good job, John. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.